heard the rest. Now here's the best. Stay tuned, Sports Podcast. And hello there, all you Stay Tuners. Welcome back to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports. It's your good friend Jimbo here. Back a little bit later in the, the week than we normally do. Um, but I was actually down in Pittsburgh with my oldest. Uh, took him to a Pittsburgh Peng- Penguins game for uh, as a Christmas gift to him. Got really good seats. Uh, definitely was a a fun time to, to hang out with him for a little bit there. Um, huge Penguins fan. I got a lot of videos of him screaming for Crosby, a little bitch. Malkin, you know, all of them. Got to see a lot of the, the Wilkes-Barre uh, Penguin guys that have been uh, called up lately. So it was, it was a good getaway. Uh, but that obviously didn't stop the sports world. Um, a lot of a lot, lot of NFL news coming out almost on a, a daily daily thing. You know, Aaron Rodgers signing a big contract, Russell Wilson being traded, Carson Wentz finally being traded. You know, so a lot of talk, a lot, a lot to talk about before the Monday legal quote tampering period, whatever you want to call it. Um, but before we get into the show, like we always say, head over to staytunesports.net so you can follow all of our social media accounts there. It's on the right-hand side, our, our Twitter, our Facebook. And I'm actually trying to get this show out right before the Bare Knuckle Boxing uh, pay-per-view tonight, so I'll probably be live-tweeting there. So you want to follow us there. Um, all our merch is up top, as well as um, head over to www.buymeacoffee.com slash stsports. It's another way to, to show your appreciation for the show. And don't forget, we still have our chat hotline, 612-STS-CHAT. Let me know what you think about all these crazy, wacky trades that are going on with Denver and Seattle and, you know, the Ben Simmons coming back to Philly. I, I actually watched that game uh, Friday night. Um, originally put the Flyers on, saw they were losing like 4 nothing. I was like, yeah. Okay, I know how this ends. I see it plenty of times this season. And put the the, the the Sixers game on against the Nets. And it's the first time I watched basketball in quite some time. But I want to see, you know, leading up to this game, the reactions on Twitter, Facebook, all the, the social media saying how the Philly fans are going to boo them right back out the door and this and that. And I'll tell you what. Granted, I, I tuned in about halfway through the first, uh, first period. And they were talking a lot about Ben Simmons. They were putting him on, on the screen a lot. Not a lot of boos. And from what I read after the game, they booed him when he came out for the the warm-ups. But then they cheered him when he dumped. So, I, I, I don't know. I just... <laughs> mind-boggling for me. But watching them, you know, they, they Sixers traded for James Harden. And... I know it was only one game, and even the commentators were saying how there are going to be growing pains, but uh, the Nets just made them their bitch. I mean, every which way. Uh, Kyrie Irving was draining threes. Uh, Curry was draining threes. And just no one was really getting in their face to try to stop it. But So they, I, I, I ended up turning off the game. Because uh, like I said, the next day was the hockey game for me and my son. Did some sightseeing. Oh, and you know what? I'll, I'll say this. Anybody visiting P- 
Pittsburgh. Whether you're a non-Pittsburgh uh, sports fan or not, I highly suggest going to the Heinz History Museum in Pittsburgh. There, you know, it's not just about sports. Uh, they had history stuff, you know, slavery, um, about slavery, uh, how Heinz, the Heinz product, you know, Heinz ketchup and all that stuff all started. Like, there was a ton of stuff there. Me and my son spent maybe a good three hours there. And, uh, and I still don't think he would, you know, we would be able to finish it one day. You definitely would have to finish it to, uh, in two days. Um, but definitely check that out if you're ever in Pittsburgh. And it's right there in the city where everything is. Uh, the Carnegie Science Center, which is pretty cool. You know. But, um... So, getting to all the NFL talk. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, four-year, $200 million. I saw something about $153 million guaranteed. And... You know, at first, I, I'll be really honest, I thought this was a stupid move by Green Bay to pay him this much money. He's basically taking up a quarter of the salary cap. And then a couple hours later, they come out and say they're going to franchise Devontae Adams. So right there, you're tying up a little more than a quarter of your salary cap in two players. When... If you look at the stats last year and how the games played, yes, they were very good. But they need receiving help. And that's been the, the cry for Aaron Rodgers for a few years now. But by him signing this contract, to me, he's basically saying, fine, you know, I've been doing it for this this long. I'll throw the team on my back and let's get going. Um, so uh, from that aspect of it, He's been doing it. He's back-to-back MVP, so he's not showing any signs of slowing down. Why not overpay him? Because who, who's who could you replace him with? Even a, a fraction of his talent. Who could you replace with? Jordan Love. You know, I saw some people on Twitter asking to see the biggest bust, first-round draft pick bust. Ever in the NFL, I still say Jamarcus Russell is the biggest one. I mean, it, it's out there that supposedly the coaching staff gave him a cassette tape, a blank cassette tape, and said, "Here, here's, or not cassette tape, a VHS. Here's some of the coverages that we'll be facing this and that." And he said he watched it, and there was not, he never watched it. There was nothing on there. So how could he watch something that was not on there? Now, is he the second biggest bust? I still don't think you could say yes or no because we didn't see enough of him. I mean, again, what are you trying to say? He has to beat out Aaron Rodgers? It's not like Aaron Rodgers has been in this league for only three, four years that the talent level would be equal to Jordan Love. He has grown his talent his whole career. So I don't think it's fair to say Jordan Love is a bust yet. Do I think Jordan Love needs to go somewhere else? I think so. I think he needs a, a fresh start. Kind of like, uh, you know, another former Green Bay Packer did. Brett Favre went from the Falcons. Had a rough time there. Got traded to the the Packers. 
and we know how that story ended so maybe just i'm not saying he's gonna blossom like brett Favre, but maybe he does maybe he does need a, a fresh start somewhere and if i'm one team if there's one team that i'm ex that I, I would say should quote kick the tires on see if he's available the colts you know they trade a carson wentz to the the, the washington commanders for i forget what it was but the colts just raped the commanders um who else can you start there in Indy? I mean, Cam Newton's available, but I think they're going to be in a, a point right now where they need to find a, a bridge quarterback that could take over the realm for a year or two until they could find a, a, a young quarterback to develop. And that's why I think Jordan Love would be a, a good fit. Maybe Frank Wright could, you know get some of that talent that Jordan Love had in, in college. Now, do they try... I mean, they really can't trade for anybody. They, they, they can't trade for Jimmy G. They have no first-round pick this year. Um, or third round, I think it is, too. So they're, they're strapped with draft picks. So I'm not sure exactly... Like, if... If Jordan Love is available for like a 6th or 7th round pick, pull the trigger. By that point in the, in the draft, I mean, how many times have we seen Pro Bowl players come out of those, those picks? Not many. So, you know, if I was the Colts, I would definitely call Green Bay up, find out what it would take to get Jordan Love. Another huge trade that happened and was rumored for months was Russell Wilson finally was traded to Denver. Now, he was rumored to be going to Philly, which, again, I'm happy that we didn't trade for him. I'm not saying I don't want him on my team. But he's old. You probably only got two, three years left in him. And with a young team like you have now, I'd rather build for the, the, the long haul than go all in right now. Yes, the Rams did and were able to pull it off this year, but it's only going to be another year or so before that cap catches up to them. And for what Denver gave up for Russell Wilson, this is another reason why I'm glad Philly did not pull the trigger. So obviously, Russell Wilson went to Denver also a fourth round pick in exchange for Drew Locke, defense tackle Shelby Harris, tight end Noah Font, two first round draft picks, and a second rounder and a fifth rounder just for Russell Wilson. I wouldn't trade that for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, if Philly were to pull this, you're looking at Jalen Hurts, you're looking at probably um, Fletcher Cox, or maybe even Josh Sweat, um, and probably Dallas Goddard, plus two of your first rounds, plus all, all that other stuff. Denver overpaid. I know they're, the last time they did something like this was when they, they picked up Peyton Manning and ended up winning the Super Bowl with, uh, with him. But 
Russell Wilson's not Peyton Manning. Now, he's gone to a team that, over the years, has had very good defenses. And this also closes the book on Seattle's uh, years of when they had the Legion of Boom. Billy Wagner just got released by them. And I still remember when they won the Super Bowl with that team, everybody thought they were the new dynasty. They never were. They, they, they had a very good defense that year. And then after that Super Bowl, all those defense players start cashing in because they are Super Bowl winners. And slowly, that team fell apart. But as far as this Russell Wilson, I mean, I think the biggest winners of all of this is that wide receiving core. Jerry Judy finally gets a stable quarterback, not bouncing between Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater and whoever else they put in there since they drafted him. Um, and you know what? Even though I just said that with Philly, I'd rather them build for the, the long haul. They probably have a two to three year window now to win a Super Bowl. If not, go back to back. Because again, this offense—if if they can figure out the running game, get some, get a good running back in there—that offense could be very good, just off of off the, the talent on paper. Um, another situation that kind of popped up is Calvin Ridley being suspended for a year. Because he was caught betting on football. And with this story, I actually want to use this story for our hot take minute. So Calvin Ridley was suspended by Roger Goodell in the NFL this past week for one year because he bet $1,500 total on the NFL, NFL games. And their response is, you know, we have to protect the integrity of the game. Well, how about Ray Rice, Greg Hardy, all the players, Adrian Peterson, that have been arrested or been involved with some type of domestic uh, abuse, whether it was against women or against children. All those guys got anywhere between four to five game suspensions. Josh Gordon smokes weed and he's suspended five years. A total of five years, basically. How, you know, and you come out and say, we got protected the integrity of the game. How about you switch it up and get these guys that are, are abusing women and abusing children, make sure they get their shit together and start suspending them for a year, two years, three years. So that was our hot take minute about the, the Calvin Ridley situation which is it's just, it's just asinine how the NFL has this how, how they have the, the fines and the suspensions all set up I really think fines and suspensions should be a third party no Roger Goodell no owners no players uh, union involved have a you know hire a judge just like the veteran stadium they used to have the, the jail cell down in the basement and they had a judge on site Hire a judge to look over these cases. Let's get it fixed. Come on now. 
One last little NFL talk here. Deshaun Watson has been cleared of any wrongdoing over the, the sexual um, harassments, assaults, however you want to, however they were claiming it to be. Um, so he will not be charged with any type of crimes. And now the focus goes on to about trading him if the Texans want to trade him. Now, I think this Russell Wilson trade may have just kept Deshaun Watson in Houston because I cannot see there's there, there's no teams out there other than Philly that has the ammo to pull a trade to get Deshaun Watson. Russell Wilson is on the back end of his career, even though he, he still is putting up some stats. Deshaun Watson is entering the prime of his career, has played on shitty teams and still produced, has no receivers since well, Andre Johnson and still has produced. And when Russell Wilson gets traded for two first rounders, a second and a fifth rounder, plus players, Jalen Hurts, Fletcher Cox, Dallas Goddard, or Goddard, um, and all those draft picks, I don't think is going to be enough to trade for him. But on the flip side, I think Seattle's going to pull the trigger. Seattle has, I, I, I could see Seattle flipping all those picks, sending Drew Locke, sending all the, uh, sending at least Drew Locke, because there's going to have to be a quarterback involved in any type of trade to get Deshaun Watson. Now, the the quote, new league year starts uh, Monday, I believe, the 14th. And I think that's when you're going to start seeing these trades and even the talks. And I believe by the end of the week, you're going to see Seattle trade for Deshaun Watson. And if he gets traded to Seattle, any chance of Philly trading for DK Metcalf is going to be out the window. Because you know DK is not going to want to leave. He's going to want to play with a player like Deshaun Watson. Seattle's going to want to put receivers with Deshaun to make him as good as possible. And again, I, I still say that's way too much for any type of player. But Seattle will, if they were to pull that trigger, I think will um, be one of the top teams in the NFC. To look out for. And with no defense to be able to help them out, obviously he's going to need those receivers to help put up the points. But I only see Seattle going after Deshaun or even being able to pull it off. I could see Pittsburgh. Going after Jimmy G, I think they'd be able to pull that off. Cause I, I just don't believe they have any faith in Mason Rudolph. Um, he seems like he's a, a good backup to, to come in for a player two if, uh, if your quarterback got hurt. Or maybe start a game or two. But he's not a full season starter. So before we go, I want to talk a little bit about 
Jorge Masvidal. Um, him and Kobe Covington had their fight last weekend, and unfortunately, I was hoping uh, Jorge would pull off the win, but Kobe just smothered him. You know, wrestling-wise, took him down. And I'm going to kind of go off a little side rant here for a second. I've seen a, a couple people on Twitter and Facebook make statements of, this is why boxing will never die. This is why boxing is better than MMA. Why pay $70 to watch UFC and watch two guys just lay on top of each other and hold each other? Um, the last time I paid $100... For a boxing pay-per-view, Manny Pacquiao versus Floyd Mayweather. And Floyd just ran. Okay, you know, that's his defensive style, isn't it? But listen, there's hugging in boxing as well. And I, I made that statement to one of the, the people, and their response was, oh, well, he, he was almost about to get knocked out, or, you know, that's uh, a strategy. Well, so is, you know, wrestling on, on the ground for MMA. It's not boxing in an octagon it's mma in an octagon so stop trying to say boxing is better than mma because it's not it's a dying sport bare knuckle i think is more entertaining than boxing i think there's more technical aspects of it compared to boxing bkfc bare knuckle boxing no gloves so you gotta watch how much power you put behind your punches so you don't Fracture your hands and then you're screwed. Then you're hurt. But I digress. <laughs> so um, Jorge Masvidal loses by decision, and it got me thinking. You know, you look back at his career since he came back from his two years uh, uh, absence. Has he ever been a championship fighter? You know, he lost his last three fights. Granted. Two of them, both of them were against Usman. First one was a closer fight than probably should have been. And that second fight showed it. He knocked him out. And then obviously last weekend he lost to Kobe. But his three wins that he that he did win since being back was against Nate Diaz, Darren Till, and Ben Askren. Diaz is older. He won by just, uh, Dr. Stoppage. I don't want to say Dr. Stoppages are lucky, but... Sometimes I think Dr. Stoppages, there should be a rematch. Unless it's, you know, ungodly bad where the fighter is just picking the, the other fighter apart. There until, I'll give Masvidal credit there, but he's not a top 10 guy. He's not even a, you know, he's not a top 5 guy. He's not even a top 10 guy. Ben Askren, he sucks. Okay. You know, he went to Bellator, ran through that. He went to one championship, I think it was, ran through that. They're not the top talent. Even though Bellator is starting to pick it up a little bit with their talent, at that time they weren't. Ben Askren comes to the UFC and just gets mauled. Yeah, he beat Robbie Lawler, but he almost lost that one. And then he, he ended up losing his last two fights in UFC. So. He just signed a, a massive contract with UFC. Made, I think they said make some uh, top five paid fighters in the UFC. Problem is, he's 37. I mean, 
I don't know how many fights he signed for. I can't see him fighting past 40. And if he loses another fight or two, I, I could see UFC just saying, you know what, maybe we'll give you one more fight and retire. The only fights I think that make sense from here on out for him are trash talking fights. You know, him and Conor McGregor. Because Conor, let's, let's be honest, I mean, he's making his way back. I don't think Conor's championship days are still around. I, I believe they're in his rearview mirror. So Masvidal versus uh, Conor, I think would be a, a real entertaining fight. Plus, the lead up would be fun to watch. Masvidal just needs to fight, you know, even even bring Diaz back. Put the BMF belt back on the line. So I, I don't think there's much left for Jorge to uh, to do in UFC. I just don't see him going for a belt anymore. The Usman thing, he talked himself into that one. Talked Dana White into it. And we've seen how that goes. I mean... I like the guy. I like to watch him fight. Just don't think he's a championship fighter. I think that's going to be it for us this week. Sorry, like I said, I'm sorry about getting the episode out a little bit later than normal. Um, but hopefully next week I will be back on schedule for Thursday's uh, release date. As well as um, any type of live tweets, posts, whatever. So... Head over to staytunesports.net. That way you can follow all of our social media accounts, which is on the right-hand side. You click them, it takes you right to the page. Like, follow, share, subscribe, do all that stuff. Head, head over to www.buymeacoffee.com slash stsports. Just another way to show your, your support to us. And don't forget, we still have our STS chat hotline. Let me know what you think about these crazy trades going on. What are your predictions for Deshaun Watson? Where do you think he's going to show up? Do you think Denver Broncos overpaid for Russell Wilson? All that lovely stuff. So till next week, this is your good friend Jimbo, signing out.